welcome to the Next Gen Cast and episode 20 with Dr. Nikki Kanani. My name's Nish Manek, I'm a GP registrar here in Cambridge and I helped set up Next Generation GP just over four and a half years ago now. So Nikki probably doesn't need much of an introduction because I think over the last year she might have become a familiar face to many of you as really the leader of our profession standing on the podium with the Prime Minister and others and she's probably been one of the busiest GPs in the country. And that's because since 2018 she's been the Medical Director of Primary Care for NHS England and NHS Improvement, the first woman in the role. And before that, she was Chief Clinical Officer of Bexley CCG. I've had the pleasure of knowing Nikki and working with her and for her at various times over the last few years. And she's definitely one of the kindest and most values-driven leaders I've ever known. So it was an absolute pleasure to record this conversation in a brief window of time that she could spare between meetings at Skipton House, which is NHS England's headquarters and you can sometimes hear the bustle of that in the background. We talked about what the last year has really been like for her at work and at home, how she copes with criticism, and what she draws on for strength when life and work gets particularly tough. So here's Dr Nikki Kanani. Nikki, welcome to the Next Gen Cast. It's amazing to have you here, considering how many people have demands on your time at the moment. From the PM to ministers to GPs to your two children to your kittens and I don't know, whatever else you have going on at home. So thanks so <laughs> I'm not much. not sure even It's such a pleasure to join you. Um, Maybe there'll be more pets when you get back. <laughs> um, I'm, ho- I'm hoping not, but do you know, I am, I'm so... You know, I'm a huge fan of yours and of Next Gen, so I was desperate to make sure that we had the time to talk. And uh, I actually, I love talking to you, so it was it was easy to fit in. Thank you. Thanks so much. So let's dive right in. I know we don't have that much time. It's been such a tough year for you. I was around when you joined NHS England and the team, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there wasn't a pandemic in the job description. So this is it's just yeah. been an incredibly tough year. How how are you doing, most importantly? Oh, thank you. Um, and thank you for starting with that. I, I'm i okay. And I'm using that word um, in exactly the way it's meant. So uh, middling. Um, I have um, an incredible privilege to be able to work in this way during the pandemic. I was able to, both through my GPing, but also through my NHS England role, really really contribute um to navigating um through the pandemic in a way that I'm I, I will always be grateful for. And the pandemic itself has been as exhausting for me as it has been for everyone else with the same complexities, whether that's missing people or special events or navigating homeschooling or trying to do this job in a pandemic. But what's been really incredible as well, um, as as you know, is joining the vaccination programme, which happened um, the week before Diwali and then has been a new sort of roller coaster. And whilst I haven't really managed to take any time off, I've been able to contribute to the programme. And that is incredible. And every day, every day, many times a day, I watch those numbers go up and I get messages from friends and colleagues across the system 
um, across the country who tell me they've got their vaccine or they've booked their vaccine. And that gives me a little bit of hope and that gives me a bit of energy and it gives me just about enough of a top up to go on for another day. I mean, that it is incredible what you've achieved and what we've achieved as a profession, as a country. But hearing you speak there also made me really aware, and I'm, I think I'm quite often aware of this, of the hours that you've been pulling for a long, long time. And when you say Diwali, that feels like ages ago to me. <laughs> and it, it, you have not been able to stop. H- how are you finding that pace, that amount of work? I well first of all I wouldn't recommend it this is this is poor leadership but for a very specific reason um even through the pandemic I tried to take um moments off um because I recognized in myself when I was tired and obviously it came faster in the pandemic because it wasn't joyful right you would be working sometimes 20 hour days day in day out and all that was around you was um sadness and grief and anxiety and fear and so that is incredibly wearing on the soul whereas at least with the vaccination program it can still be 20 hour days or 18 hour days um day after day but it is something that does bring kind of the hope that I mentioned so so it does give me a bit more energy to go on for a bit longer I'm definitely due a break and uh, I've recognized that and my team has recognized that so um that that will happen I think one of the things that's really important is that I've had a very honest conversation with the children through the pandemic. The pandemic itself was, in a sense, easier because I was at home when I wasn't doing general practice and my kids were homeschooling, so we were all at home together. So we got time to see each other, even if it was just pockets, but we could do the important things, whether it was reading a book or working on a project or just snuggling up together at bedtime what's harder with the vaccine program is we have come in uh, there's a small team of us on the second floor of Skipton House which is NHS England HQ and that is because it is a very practical and hands-on program we have the military we have logistical support we have a supply team yeah you know we have maps of where everything is and you know drive times and all sorts and so I've had to come in and be here and that has been harder um, more from the kids perspective than anything else as in being present with the kids which is something that I've always talked about as being a hugely important part of who I am and how I work but they're part of it they're part of this program and they've got little vaccine deployment badges because they're part of the team and my um, uh, the head of my office Kathy who you know wrote a letter actually to the children to thank them for how brilliant they were being and that inspired a letter to everyone's children because everyone's children have put up with so much so you know we're, we're navigating it Nish and we have good days and bad days like everyone else I couldn't think of anything else that I'd want to work on at this pace and the children recognize that this is the one thing and the one time I think in my whole career where something else is almost coming first because it has to Mm. that's so tough though as well isn't it because I'm sure that they sustain you so if you're not seeing as much of them yes what what are you drawing on at the moment for your joy your energy your peace um the the cats help actually (laughs) (laughs) I was walking home and it was sort of 10 o'clock and I knew the kids had gone to bed 
and I was thinking about the cats and I thought oh my gosh I am now that person the old way to see them <laughs> I am the woman with the cats um but but it's helped it's helped in a really practical way you know because it is something you stroke and all the stuff about pet therapy actually makes sense mm. um and and despite what I've said I do you know I do still see the kids and they definitely sustain me because they they're proud you know they're really proud of what I'm doing and so you know there are times when I'm absolutely done in and you know one of them will kind of say but mummy I saw this so you did that and I'm like okay yeah okay I can I can keep going um I'm trying really hard to exercise even if it's 20 minutes and it might just be some weights in my bedroom in fact that is all it is at the moment but that helps it helps doing the odd drop off because I walk and then it gives me some fresh air and that's really important I think that daylight is 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 crucial and I'm constantly saying to my team particularly on the vaccine side take the time during the day we can have a walking meeting whatever you need so that you get some daylight as well to bring you energy as you know I've had an interesting relationship with sleep now recently actually my sleep has been quite good when I get to bedtime because I'm just exhausted I think but I'm, I'm trying to read if, even if it's just a couple of pages of something uh, fiction and non-fiction actually um, that just allows me to switch off from the the usual I, I do um, still get those moments though and I did this morning I woke up at about three when I suddenly remembered something and then I was like oh I need to do that and um, you know pockets of that make a difference and I have an incredible family and a set of friends who are there for me even though I've just not been around for a while. Thank you Nikki I do that reading a bit before bed as well that really helps sometimes like my Kindle just falls flat on my face when I'm lying there but I still do I think it's important that escapism isn't it that's really what it's about for me exactly that I hope you don't mind we know each other well so maybe I can be a bit more direct but you can (laughs) thank you what if um people are sitting there thinking and I think your role in this current climate is just a bit unusual so maybe we'll step out of that for a moment people sitting there you know they've got youngish children or any children really and they're thinking could I have a leadership job and be present for my kids and we've spoken about this a lot before in a way that I found really helpful so can we just hear your views on that? Yes yes absolutely I'm really I'm I try not to use the word passionate very often, but this is something I'm actually actually passionate about. Yes, you can you can do, and I'm going to I'm going to be a little bit provocative first. You can do what you want and have kids and be present for them, but you have to choose the boundaries and you have to be really clear about what drives you and what is your value set and what's important to you and your family. So when I was chief officer of um, the CCG. I had really clear markers. I There were days when I actually got in at around 10 because by the time I dropped the kids and drove in, it was 10. It was a good hour's drive, you know, and that was really important to me. So the whole team would know that and we just start things at 10. And it gave people permission to do the same for their own families. Um, so by the way, that's a role modelling piece that all of us have a have a role in. And I remember um, years ago, this, this was also in the CCG, I've always had an open diary where possible. And um, in that diary, you know, I would have, you know, Ash's sports day or Naya's concert or whatever. And I remember somebody in the quality team coming and saying, look, I noticed that you're going to your kid's sports day. Could I go to my kids? And she hadn't gone to her line manager. She'd just come into had an open door policy. And I was thinking, why are you asking? But yes, of course you can. And 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 I guess what I'm saying is you, you need to work out what's important. And pre-vaccine programme, and and sort of pandemic because actually they were at home the whole time so we didn't have drop-offs and stuff you know we had we we have a plan between us as a family so the stuff that's really important to me is really practical things like drop off and pick up on a Monday my kids 
tell me everything I need to know on a Monday. For some reason, that's what happens. And they spill the beans and they share everything that's kind of worrying them. So I've always done pick up and drop off on a Monday and it gives them the time for um, telling me whatever they need. And I'm also really sensitive to bedtime. So if I've missed a bedtime, you know, one day, the next day I'm there for bedtime, I'll do the reading, I'll be there and I'll just sit there. Really practical things as well help. So apart from being really honest with whoever's around you in your leadership role about the things that matter, the other things that really help are how you handle your phone. Um, This is a really practical thing, like when you walk through the door, you know, I leave mine on the shoe rack um, because that way, if I'm needed or if I think of something that I need to do, which does happen, I come away from the children. I'm not just in my phone and they see the top of my forehead. Sometimes that doesn't work, but we try really hard to maintain that. I've also um, and almost exclusively maintained it where I'm not doing talks or conferences at the weekend. So I've definitely ended up working through the pandemic, through the vaccine program, but I don't do talks or, or, or conferences. The only exception I made was to a Hindu association to drive vaccine uptake on a Sunday. Um, and that was personally really important to me. And that was my part of my community, but trying really hard to otherwise avoid that because even if I'm working at the weekend, they are the times when the kids are switching off and they need me just to take a moment and play a board game or a card game or something. And we're big, we're massively into board games um, and do a bit of that. And then I get back to whatever I need to and they get back to whatever else they, they want to do for the rest of their day. And so you can you can create these chunks of um, time and space and it doesn't actually have to be you know, we sometimes convince ourselves that it needs to be a whole day where I'm just going to think about my kids. And that that's all sometimes not practical. And we've talked about this before. But for me, it's it's a work life um, chaos. It, it is chaotic. Things things change your day and your week and your month in a way that's completely unpredictable. And so you need to allow yourself the permission and, and the flexibility to respond to that. But but always go into roles that have a leadership or management kind of aspect to it asking for what's important to you first so really making sure you set that out so that then you can protect it even when it's a more challenging time thank you I think that openness and transparency about the the chaos behind the curtain has helped me a <laughs> lot personally so I think it's going to help a lot of people listening to this and you talked there about your boundaries it sounds like you kind of know what bits are important and you protect them but mm-hmm. I want to use that as a as a means to talk about social media, because I'm sure lots of people mm-hmm. wonder, you're very present on social media. And, you know, I don't know how many WhatsApp groups, like 30,000 WhatsApp groups. Yeah, I thought I, I had a lot 30, of WhatsApp groups, and then I met you. WhatsApp groups. <laughs> how yeah, many? 32. Wow. And eight broadcast groups where I'm just putting the message out there. So I'm not staying away from the conversation, but sometimes I think people need to be able to see kind of important stuff as it lands and people talk about that as an amazing feat it's a real feature of your leadership how open you are approachable you are that's something that maybe we've not really seen from the center before but does that come at a cost because surely that is tough so it, it it does it does and I'll come back to that but it comes with a huge huge benefit for me as an individual and for the organization and the programs that I work on because that immediate connection to real people doing real things is phenomenal um I know when something's broken or something isn't working within moments and I can pick it up and I can pick it up with the region or the team and sometimes we can fix it within minutes 
Sometimes it will take months to fix, but that connectivity to the profession, to to people who are living the impact of the things that I set in motion often is phenomenally important. And, and I think that's a mark. I do think that's a mark of good leadership. I think that listening and hearing is absolutely core to what a leader should be doing. But it, it does come at a cost. So it comes at a, a, a personal energy cost. I, I'm clearly an E. I have a lot of energy. I can go for quite a while with quite a lot of energy. Um, and that doesn't tend to dissipate very much. But having said that, social media, as we all know, can be quite brutal. And I think, well, I know, and I, we've all experienced this, you know, the, the faceless nature of it means that people can be much harsher than they would be if they were sitting in front of you. And and that is the part of the cost of it um, for me. And I have to be quite cautious. And one of the things we've talked about before is, you know, I'm a, um, as we describe, an undefended leader. But being undefended for me means that I have a thin skin. And most of the time that makes me a really good leader. But sometimes that is really crippling because I can hear or or read or see the way people are responding and it's very hard not to take that personally a lot of time it isn't personal because you know I'm part of a big 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 organization um with a lot of kind of complexity but but that is difficult and sometimes it's difficult to separate it out so I have to very mindfully sometimes step back and say that was um predictable or it was not predictable but it was um um something that I'm going to now have to manage in a particular way so I have to sometimes just take a step back sort of mentally disengage go to my energy sources whether that's the kids or the family or what's that group that just loves me and gives me some nice nice feels and and that's where having a tribe in lots of different ways comes in really important because they will know when it's tough and they will kind of just buoy you up and tell you do you know what this isn't about you or even if it is about you you know, that's the stuff that comes with brave leadership sometimes. And so I'd always I'd always recommend it, Nish. I'd always recommend being connected, trying out new things. I have now got onto TikTok. It is a bit of a nightmare. Not because I'm getting distracted by it, but because I'm kind of constantly not sure what video to post. But anyway, <laughs> um, but you know, trying this stuff and just kind of getting out there and knowing what's happening has to be the right move whatever bit of the uh, world you work in. I'm very impressed, Nikki. I have not ventured into TikTok. I not even Snapchat. I decided <laughs> to draw the line. Even Instagram, I'm like, I can't really do this. Very impressive. So vaccine, it's a greater cause, you see. It's because we're having conversations about kind of vaccine uptake in younger cohorts. And as you know, they're not on Twitter. They're not on Facebook and stuff. And I just thought, okay, I need to understand it a bit so I know how to help push out messages and... Um, yeah, my my twelve year old son had to help me. <laughs> <laughs> I need to look you up on TikTok. No, it's highly embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to darken the mood of the conversation, but you mentioned the vaccine, and that really brings me on to talking about this last year for you. Um, I mean, it must have been incredibly hard at times. What do you think has been the darkest moment that you feel able to share? I think. Um... Well, I know it's it, it was the beginning. It was the beginning of the pandemic. That will still be the hardest time that I've ever had to navigate um, because none of us had the answers. When you're in a role like this, people are looking for you for the answers. You want to give the answers and you want to give the protections and you want to give the reassurance, but you're dealing with something that you've never dealt with before. And so that sense of 
futility and frustration and actual I was I was really frustrated actually with myself, you know, because I felt like I should know the answer. And that's a really difficult place to be as a leader um, in a pandemic. And I think for me, it was just giving myself permission to quickly pull together a, 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 a tribe of people from across the sector, um, not just primary care, but kind of really broadly, who helped to create um, the right spaces to make decisions, to bounce around thinking as it emerged to influence the direction that we were taking and that helped me to kind of get into a place where I could kind of go right this is the next thing and this is the next thing and this you know and start to kind of create that but um you know it's it's something you never really expect that you're going to have to deal with um and uh, and yeah I think I think that was that was the darkest because it because of that sense of kind of futility and frustration um but it, you always then I think, and now I can see what I did and what I always recommend is you go back to your core principles, whatever your own principles are. So for me, it's what does my gut say? What does my value set say? Am I crossing any lines? Okay, now who do I work with? How do I build consensus? How do I make sure I've got a kind of really genuinely, uh, if you could see me <laughs> on the podcast, I'd be doing the inverted commas, crowdsourced kind of view and opinion. How do I make sure it's well tested? Um, you know, then how do I cascade knowledge? How do I learn from it? And so so then you kind of put those building blocks together and you go, well, actually, that is my framework for approaching anything. And that that applies in the pandemic. So then you go, right, OK, let me work through things in a methodological way. And and then you do start to kind of put the pieces of the of the jigsaw together. But there will be lots of times in all of our careers when we're not really sure what to do. And that's OK. But just go back to your core principles to kind of build a way through. That's so hard, isn't it? As someone who I've observed as being such a consensus building, bring everyone alongside you type of leader. The people that, you know, that style comes naturally. And then you really do have to at times morph into command and control during a yes, crisis and that's probably very absolutely. much against the grain of who you are that's really difficult yes Nick, Nikki I just wanted to ask you about so you talked there about um how how tough that time was and I hope you don't mind me asking with the utmost respect as a fellow young Asian woman I feel like I mm-hmm. can point out that you are a young yes. Asian woman without yes. going into too yes, much I'm going trouble. to have young yes please <laughs> well this is my point actually so I don't know if if you know people know how young you really are because I mean were you the youngest person to ever have done this job I don't know but must be one yes of them. yes you're probably yes. a decade younger than most other people who've done that role yeah. and I mean I was thinking in your shoes that would that would cause me a lot of anxiety, imposter syndrome, everything. You are different to most people round tables, especially in NHS England. Let's yes. be, let's be yes. frank. Uh, yes. How does that feel? It comes with its benefits and challenges. So um, let's talk about the challenges first, because it's quite interesting. It is, it is definitely noticeable that I'm different. And that can feel really hard, just at an individual kind of personal level. Um, I speak differently. I act differently. I sometimes have different priorities. Um, sometimes as my husband uh, enjoys poking fun at me, I don't quite give the sentence in the right way. But English was not my first language. So anyway, you know, but it is, it's, 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 it's a very, and I mean, this is why diversity of thought and behavior and person is so important in a team. But anyway, I'm very, very different. And um 
to make that difference uh, beneficial and valuable, you need to have good relationships. You need to be trusted. You need to be able to influence. You need to be able to have a view um, that people will listen to, you know, whether that's in government or in the organisation or, or in any job that any of us do. So you can't come in and just be different and then and push and push and push and ex expect change. So I guess for me, the thing that I've had to really accelerate is my ability to build good relationships, to show I can deliver, to then be able to influence the next decision that has to come along. Um, and being at the table is really important, particularly if you're different, because if you're different, you're bringing a different voice, a different perspective, a different dynamic and a different direction which you won't be able to do if you're not at that table. And so that is complicated and that's complex. And I, I you know, like anyone, I, I do feel out of my depth sometimes, um, but I have to go back to my core principles. What are my values? Are my values still my values? Yes. Um, am I still trying to do my best to improve the health of the population, number one? Um, and then number two, uh, and massively around that, support the profession in order to do that? Yes. And sometimes, um, and this is the complexity of the role, People won't see the decisions that I need to make. They won't see the things that I have to balance. That's okay. That's my job. That's my job to do it. But I have a very, very, very strong sense of purpose and integrity. And I will always walk that line, even if sometimes it is razor sharp to get to the right outcome for our population and, and, and for our profession. Thank you. I mean, that is so hard. That was my biggest observation for my brief time at NH England is a lot of people don't see all the factors at play and you can never go yeah. out there and explain them to everyone and you just have <laughs> to take the take the reaction that comes as a consequence and that is really hard and as you said you have a thin skin you don't try and pretend to have to have a thick skin because that's not you but that is a really difficult position to play. Yes. Nikki, I'm conscious you probably got a couple of minutes. Yeah, perfect. Can we just finish with some quick fire? Because that way okay, I can get I loads of answers up really fire. quickly. Okay, are you ready? I don't know. You've got a bit of a fried brain at the moment, so I don't know what you'll get out of it. This is what I want, unfiltered. <laughs> Let's start with something really easy then for that unfiltered brain. What's the last thing that you binged on Netflix? <laughs> so I yes um I've watched a bit because because I do need it like I need to be able to switch off um even if it is 20 minutes before mm. bed and, and I know I need to go to bed um so and I'm laughing because it is mortifying and I told so one of your a few of your next geners are part of my core team now which is so lovely you being one of them and that is a real honor for me but I was so I was telling Sonali um the other day that I tried the real house the real housewives of bollywood or something like that the real bollywood <laughs> housewives it's so mortifying it's so awful but i watch like 10 minutes at a time every now and again and i really <laughs> enjoy it because they refer to all the old kind of bollywood actors and actresses that i love so yes that is my embarrassing netflix secret <laughs> sometimes you need to just fry your brain though don't you with that rubbish. definitely fried <laughs> <laughs> what's something that people often get wrong about you people think that because i'm nice i won't do difficult things they just presume it. I'm saying nice, almost inverted commas. They presume that because of the way I come across, I'm just really nice and conciliatory and then I won't do the tough stuff. And actually, I've taken on the tough stuff again and again and again. And I'll, I'll always do it because it's about my living, you know, being true to kind of my my values. But um, yes, it is quite kind of amusing that people come along and kind of go, well, as you said, she's younger. She's quite nice to work with so you know she's not going to do x I'm like no no x is exactly the right thing to do but how you do it matters as well 
Hmm. I think sometimes people assume that just because one is collaborative and nice and compassionate in their approach that they don't have the courage of their convictions on the inside. But I heard a, a phrase which really helped with this recently, which is velvet brick. So being soft on the outside, as soft as she wants, but absolutely firm on the inside. Exactly that. Can you give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy? Saturday morning. Saturday mornings is when my uh, older child, my son, who's nearly 13, um makes chai so he learned how to make chai from oh, my, my mum and um my mum still hand grinds her spices it's her mix from her mum and so she gives me a delivery every now and again and he makes chai and it's um it's actually something really important to me from my childhood because every morning we would have chai and my dad would make it for me and then I couldn't drink it when it's hot so then he would hold on to it at the door just before I was going out and so it's a really big part of my kind of upbringing that moment the chai just is it's, it's associated with so much and so um a while ago Ash learned how to make it and so on a Saturday no matter what's happening he'll make chai he'll sometimes often overboil it which I try not to get too irritated about um, it's so messy then, isn't it when that happens so messy so messy but then I have this amazing kind of really yummy um uh uh, uh, uh cup of chai and we will play a board game and that is my favourite thing and it might just be an hour on a Saturday and that's the only time I get all week. But my gosh, that is my very, very, very favourite time of the week, every week, hands down. That's so nice. So we have that on a Sunday. My husband has learned to make amazing chai ever since for about 10 years, our Sunday morning. Okay, shifting gears a bit, something that keeps you awake at night. I, I ruminate so I will revisit decisions or I'll think about the day ahead is it still rumination if you're thinking about the day ahead but anyway so I will I'll be checking over the decisions I've made were they the right ones could I've done it differently how would I do it differently next time and then I'm and then I'm looking ahead go have I got the things I need to do the next thing as well as possible and that that little cycle plays out almost constantly in my head okay a dangerous one a politician that has surprised you the most over the last year that is a dangerous one. Um, I tell you what, I won't say who, but there is a politician who has, yeah, really, really made me think differently, really made me think differently about politics, about directions of travel, for the system, for healthcare, for primary care. And so what I want to, I want people to remember is that um, you can be surprised by all sorts of people. And it's really quite exciting sometimes when you are. Okay. And something you learned about yourself over lockdown on a personal level? I'm actually more active than I realise. I always thought, my sister and I always sort of uh, talk about this and we think, oh, we're, we're actually quite lazy at heart, which isn't true, um, not for my sister anyway. Um, but actually in lockdown, where I had the perfect excuse of, you know, working all the hours and the kids and everything not to move, I was actually craving um, even a short run with the kids. And we did quite a lot of 5Ks and stuff. Um, and, and I craved it more than I, way more than I expected, actually. So I was um, I'm very grateful that it's kind of reminded me and shown me that, that that movement is important. OK, final three. A book or a resource you'd recommend to anyone listening to this? Untamed by Glennon Doyle because I recently finished it and it was a phenomenal journey of a woman who learns that she's gay and and through that realise the art of 
not pleasing yourself in a selfish way, but understanding what your inner purpose actually is and finding it and then living your truest self. Um, and that has filled me with huge amounts of energy. And then I've also sent it to all my girlfriends who are now kind of going, oh my gosh, what else should we be doing with our lives? I'm like, no, no, no. But it is a lovely account of kind of how to live more purposefully. Great choice. And a role model for you in a leadership sense. Yeah, I was going to say my mum. And actually she is a leader, right? But in a different, in, in a slightly different leadership sense. So she came here as an economic migrant. Dad was a refugee. She she tried to get into medical school, but didn't manage it. You know, 70s Asian women come here as a migrant really wasn't working. But she, you know, she had a career and then she actually chose, she gave up her career in, in its fullest sense to bring us up and to be really present and to give us everything. And my sister and I still have this incredible sense of sort of we can do anything that we want to. Um, and sometimes, you know, the system irritates us a bit and doesn't quite uh, move as fast as we want. But actually, we've we've both had these incredible journeys. And, and that's down to her and all the time and support and energy she's put into us. That's so, so good. I'm going to stick we'll, with my mum. We'll have to send this to your mum. I'm <laughs> sure she gets loads of mentions, but we'll have to send this to her. Okay, final one, I promise, and I'll let you go. What are your top tips for new leaders listening to this? It is uh, the one thing that we've always talked about, but is always going to be the most important thing is following your gut, whether that is a genuine gut type feeling or it's because you know what your your instincts are telling you or because you have defined what your value base is. It, it can be really diffuse. It can be really clear, whichever way you've done that. And you might not have done that yet. So work out how to understand if um, you are operating in the right space in the right way, because that will not take you wrong. You know, that will keep you on the right path whatever the path is so work it out it it is doable you can work out how to um read yourself and your environment and make sure that you're always being true to the stuff that um drives you and that is important to you thank you nikki anything else you want to add before you go i, I think if you're listening and you're a next genner thank you for taking up the opportunity because i think next gen is the most incredible thing if you are listening it means that you've already found the joy of next gen so pass it on get other people to join and if there isn't an next gen open for somebody um, give somebody else a leg up anyway open a door for someone else because the more next geners we have out there leading and living incredible chaotic lives the more hope for all of us nikki thank you so much you know what i think of you it's been an absolute pleasure to get to know you to work with you to work for you and you know for what it's worth thank you for everything that you are doing and have sacrificed for the profession over the last year and and before that too um i hope that you get to hear that enough thank you thank you nish for having me so that was episode 20 with dr nikki kanani And I really found it useful to understand what life has been like for her over the last year, where she draws her resilience from and what she thinks about some of the most important traits that leaders should have. So that's it for the Next Gen Cast for another week. As ever, if you want to keep in touch, sign up to our monthly bulletin at bit.ly forward slash NGGP bulletin. We've got a few programmes open around the country and more coming soon, so you're very welcome to join us. If you have a moment to rate, subscribe and share the podcast, it would really mean a lot to me and to the Next Gen team. See you next time for the Next Gen Cast. <laughs>